Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is the place where sports opinions collide dead in sports. I'm your host, Ken Fiennes. Joining me on the show, we have FIFO 24-7. Hi, Fiennes. Yes. Shelton J. What's the word, man? What's happening? What's happening? And Q. Yo. What's going um, on? Yeah, man, as you guys know, uh, Thursday is a more condensed show. Um, you know, we try to definitely focus on a, a singular topic. Even though we have a couple of things we want to hit tonight, but uh, but the main thing is, you know, Tuesday's the big show. This one we kind of like to to um, drill down into some some other key things that be going on that we don't really get a chance to discuss um, tonight. This one is is interesting. So, um, and I'll tell you what makes it interesting is because um, Q kind of gave us some early insight to this. And I don't know how the man be knowing the things he be knowing, but he do. Uh, his track record so far has been pretty good. Um, but it's about Donovan Mitchell. And um, his time in Utah uh, appears to be coming to an end. And, um, you know, we, we were told that he was not happy and that um, in, in Utah. And, um, and here we are. So what transpired was Tuesday, they were playing the Los Angeles Clippers. It was one of those games, as I was watching, I was like, they're going to lose this game uh, or come very close to it because the Clippers, as a team, they are known for going on these big runs. Like when they get hot, they get hot as a team and they just start like hammering at you and you have to be able to respond. You know, and a lot of teams fold. We saw that in the playoffs. Um, Utah folded and they were at a 24 point lead and they lost it. Um, and Donovan came out in the post game and said, it's the same shit over and over again, and over again. Um, I don't know exactly what the same shit is because <laughs> I haven't watched a lot of Utah, but nevertheless, there was that comment. And then there was a report that came out that the New York Knicks were trying to or will try to get Donovan Mitchell. The situation is that he can't be traded or won't become a free agent until 2025. Uh, so that's where we are, man. Um, so I guess I'll start with thoughts on Donovan Mitchell um, and his, un, uh, I guess now, his verbal unhappiness with the team. Um, like, where do you guys think ultimately this will will end? Since he had a long window, contract wise. Um, I think if if we want to start just talking about, we can get get some overview to add on to that. But um, Mitchell was drafted in 2016, right? 2017 around that time, right? So if we're looking at it from the time he's gotten in, the highest they've ever gotten in terms of seed was the first overall seed in 2020 last year, 2021, 20 season. Um, 
and they got bounced out in the second round, if I'm not mistaken, by the, I think it was also the Clippers, too. And before then, before that first seed, they were a sixth seed, they were a fifth seed, they were a fifth seed, and they were a fifth seed. So mm. I think when Donovan Mitchell is saying, yo, every season is the same shit. <clears throat> every single season is the same stuff. We keep blowing leads. And ultimately, I think it comes down to three issues. The first issue is that Donovan doesn't have another guy there with him. They they want it to be Rudy Gobert. They they try to play all the media games like, oh, he's such a defensive anchor. And he is. But the team that's constructed around him, I think, has become so one-dimensional of it's either shooters or it's Donovan. You know what I mean? And you got to hope that shooters and Donovan are going off at the same time. You got to hope that Rudy Gobert can not get exposed on the perimeter by whether it be switches or big that's, you know, can draw him out. And the third issue is that I think Donovan is just kind of tired of that market. You know, every guy's not built for being a small market guy. Certain people just mm-hmm. want to get to that larger, you know, New York, Miami, Philly, um, whatever it be, Los Angeles. People want those markets. I think we have to, you know, kind of empathize with Donovan because he's kind of in the almost like junior dame situation right now. And I'm going to pass it either to FIFO or Sheldon, but I want to use one of FIFO's isms. He's a small guy. You know what I mean? Like in small guys, they need either another wing that can get it or they need a big. So. Nah, Q, Q hit it right on the head. Um, and I, Thank you for the FIFOism. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of ism. And um, that's one of them. You know, Donovan is a guy that can play the one to two. Um, and they have a big man that can play the defense and be the rim protector, but they don't have another guy to get buckets. And your team is going to struggle when you only got one guy that can get buckets like that. The second guy doesn't necessarily have to be at an elite level, but you need another guy. And Q is 100% right. It is three-point shooters of rim protector and Donovan Mitchell. So when Donovan is struggling, like I'll put it to you like this, he doesn't have his CJ McCullough. Like that would have been a nice yeah. place for a CJ McCullough. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I know that they do have what's his name, Jordan Clarkston. Jordan Clarkson. But they yeah. need a guy, they need a guy with a little bit of size. So not CJ McCullough, because they already got a guy like that, but a Paul George type. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know who's perfect there? Siakam. Siakam mm-hmm. is the perfect addition to that team. Why? Because Siakam isn't going to get you 30, 40. Can he on a given night? Maybe. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But long rangey can get his own bucket when you need him to. Um, a great defender. You know what I'm saying? They're missing another guy. Um, and it's Utah. It's mm. come on. You know, if you're not winning um, and you're not progressing, right? Because he's won, he's he's proven that he's a superstar in this league because he's gotten his team to the playoffs year in, year out. But it's the same thing. He can't get over the hump. So they need to get him a guy to allow that Utah team to get over the hump, or you got to trade him. And it just it, that's what it comes down to when you draft a, a guy. Can you pair another guy with him? And if not, eventually in three to five or five to six, seven, you're going to trade him. Sean, what do you think of the issue? What are, you, what are your thoughts on this? It's, it's really similar to what they were saying, and that's very frustrating for a player like that because he's giving you maximum effort at all times, and he's showing up to these games. It's, and, and like you said, it's, it's the Dame-type situation where he's showing up, and he's getting his, 
but he does not have help. He doesn't have the help on that, that end of the floor. You do have an anchor on the defensive end, but that's not what that team needs. And, and you're right. The fact that they're a winning team prevents them from drafting higher. It's not a free agent destination. Ain't nobody trying to go live in Utah. So in saying that it's hard for a team like that to get better because you can't uh, recruit anybody to come out with you. So what left is there left for him to do except to go join somebody else? be it New York, Miami, somewhere like that. You know, one of those hot, hot spots that you talked about. Because, like I said, nobody's coming there, and they're never going to get a high enough draft pick to make a difference in that, in that organization. But they, they need help. Why, why can't Clarkson be that guy? He's – well, not just that. It's just he's very one-dimensional. He's, he's very good off the bench. He's a microwave-type player. can get you some buckets quickly. But what he does is more complimentary than it is co-stars. He's not, he's not necessarily a rock. He's a guy that's like a luxury to have, like one of those guys that can come in and just heat up. When you need a bucket, he can come in and get you a bucket. But he's not one of those consistent players that's going to come out there, do it on both ends of the floor, uh, get a couple assists and rebounds. He has one job. His job is to come off that bench and light it up with a second unit. Shoot the ball, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. And he does that well, but he's not that second guy. Yeah. Hmm. And yeah, I remember in have, the playoffs they, they, they uh, point guard. last year, I was, um, you know, it may have seemed like I was picking on Gobert, but I mean, shit, it, it, it looked bad what teams were doing to him. He was clearly a liability out there. And, um, and, and, you know, it was just Donovan, you know, at times. Um, so, so yeah, and speaking of Gobert, there are reports that they still haven't really been to the fences. Like, they, um, I guess when they were cool, that was all just for the media or whatnot, and that they really are not back to the way they were. So, um, so yeah, so that that's where we are with that. So, you know, with with, with him. So let let's let's talk about this report that came out. So. Leon Rose, uh, I apparently used to work with CAA. He was a CAA agent, him and William Wesley. And Donovan is a CAA client. Um, so that's one dot that we have there. Um, of course, Mitchell is from New York. It's another mm -hmm. one. Uh, he wants a bigger market is what we're hearing, uh, which is another one. And... In this report on NBC Sports, his father, Donovan Mitchell Sr., works for the New York Mets. And then the Nets hired Jazz assistant Johnny Bryant, who had a good working relationship with Mitchell as their coach. Um, so with all of that said, does it, does it seem like this is where he ultimately will end up going? Of course. Well, there's smoke, there's fire, Ken. We see, we see it all the time in sports where there's smoke, there's fire. And um, you don't go just hire guys that have relationships with a guy that you're going to be eventually courting. Um, so, no, nah, I definitely think it's a potential destination. Um, it's, you know, when you're talking about trades, it's not going to be 100%. It's not cut and dry, but definitely I think New York is probably going to be the number one option for them. So, you know, one thing you always talk about, people, uh, the rest of you too, is that, you know, it's like, what do they get in return? So the Knicks mm -hmm. have 
first rounders from the Mavs, uh, RJ Barrett, quickly, Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, and Cam Reddish. So if you're the Jazz, Jazz, like, is that appealing for you to take back? And then yes. Julius Randle apparently said he won out too. Yep. All of that. All mm -hmm. of that. Um, and get rid of all of that cap space because New York is the type of organization and market that you buy your team. Um, and, you know, Donovan Mitchell is a good place to start. I'm not sure who's going to be a free agent, you know, in that, in, in that summer where this blockbuster is going to happen. Um, but they're definitely going to buy their team. And if I'm Utah, I'm taking all of the job picks and I'm taking all of those young players because there's some guys that are still underdeveloped. Cam Reddish is underdeveloped. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm definitely keeping him. Um, you know, Julius is a serviceable big, you know? Um, and with the Dallas Mavericks draft picks, in addition to Utah not being that good, you know, you're going to have probably some later to mid-round plus early draft picks in the upcoming drafts. Yeah, I'm doing that. That, that That's a good move for Utah. It's time to rebuild. Um, and hopefully Cam can be one of those pillars, you know, so they got to develop them, and then you draft another guy because Cam is the prototype of what you need in this league. 6'8", 6'9", rangy with, with you know, exceptional three-point range, good field goal percentage. Doesn't have to take over the game, but can you get us 18 and on any given night give us 32, 35? I think he's that type of player. Now you're going to have to go try to draft another Donovan Mitchell or somebody, but that's the hard part. But if yeah. I'm Utah, I'm with that. I'm with that. If I wish I could agree with you, man. I, I don't see Cam being that guy. I don't see him being a pillar anywhere. And I say that not based off his talent, but based off what I've seen in the past and the way teams use him. Like if he was, if he was what we thought he could be, if it was, if it's, it's like, if, like you said, if there's smoke, there's fire. If he was anything like that, he'd be getting on somebody's court. And he, he, he wasn't touching the court in New York, nor was he touching the court in Atlanta like that. So I don't, I don't, I don't see it. You know, I'm not saying that he is. I'm just saying you, whatever you trade for a young player that has a whole bunch of talent that's been untapped, you always want to believe that it's your organization and your coaching staff that can do it. Um, and, you know, what, wait, hold on, when does he, when does he get a contract extension next year? So you got, you got a one-year flyer on this guy, you know what I'm saying? And you can let him test the market and maybe get him for a, a pretty reasonable price. So the thing is, I'm not guaranteeing that Cam Reddish is going to be that guy. I'm just saying it's good talent to get in return because you don't know. Would you say that he's tapped into what he really could be? No. Mm -mm. So I, I think there's, and he still has time. Like you know, say he still has time to develop. B.I. wasn't averaging, you know, 18, 20 points year one or two. And this, and he's going into what? Um, his fourth year now? Next year will be his fourth? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I you know what, I, what I'll say to that, Shelton, because I think you're right. Um, you know, he, he, Cam, being isn't that guy, but if he goes to a team like Utah where there are no inhibitors on him, you know, he can, he can let it fly because he would probably be the guy that they look towards, depending on who else they get. And, you know, what they were, what I've read about, you know, his stance and, you know, his, his tenure here in Atlanta is that, you know, he wanted to go out and shoot all, shoot all these shots and stuff like that. 
you know, so, but when you're playing on a team like the Hawks, where, you know, you're trying to win and you need to play good team ball, we don't need you to do all that. Trey's the guy, John Collins, you know, all these other guys. We don't need you to come out right. here and do all this shit. But in Utah, <laughs> he would be the one that get most of the shots based off his talent alone. And we know he's going to light it up. I thought he was going to do that in New York. I really, I really thought that that was going to be Tip the, it the and and that's that's the only thing I could put it on. And I I, I agree with y'all on that. With, with, with yeah, Thibodeau don't like uh, you know everybody know Thibodeau. That's why the trade didn't make sense because Thibodeau don't, don't mm -hmm. like playing young guys and he's trying to save his job. But they about to get him the hell up out of there. Um. So no. so yeah. So there's that. Um. Any any more uh thoughts on this whole situation, Q? <laughs> Q? Q froze up. <laughs> Got that janky internet over there, boy. Man, no, he's moving. Man, the, man the, the Sixers getting beat by Detroit, so Q is probably not too happy right now. Why is that the game you watching out of all the games? I, I was, because um, I don't know. I really don't know. I was trying to see what, what um, K was looking like. And I was mm. trying to see what MB was doing. MB got 35 and 15. But that fourth quarter, he turned the ball over like four or five times. It was, it was Detroit played some really good defense, though. And I know he tired, man, because he having to do it all by himself. What's the um Q is muted? Um, I don't know if you know that Q. But uh, but what's um what's the score in that game? They're down 10. Now they was up five, but um uh, Detroit went on a run. Actually, yeah, they're up eleven now. What but quarter? Detroit went on the run. It's the fourth quarter. It's a minute left. It's a minute left? Yeah, it's a minute left. Joel Embiid so got 37. Yeah, so he got 37 and 15. But huh. like I said, he, he's he's doing it by himself. Harden was four for 15. He got 18 points, seven assists, but it's, man, it's not Harden, enough. bro. Harden, man. K got 27. I like K, man. Yes. Um, damn, Harden. Uh, well, I, you know, I, the, Q. <laughs> How does he not yeah, hear Q. us? What's going on? He, he is on the phone. He, oh, he's on the phone. Him. Okay. Okay. That's why he got the phone up to his face. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Well, anyway. Um, well, let's move on. Uh, big news that dropped yesterday, which I thought was pretty uh, – this shit came out of nowhere. Bruce Arians. Um, <clears throat> shit, he stepped down and go into the front office. And Ty Bowles is now the head coach. Um, damn, man. Brady got that man fired. And it, was that part of his his uh his agreement to come back? Is that what's going on? Q. I mean, um, hey Ken, Ken, I was gonna ask you if he did, does that make you change your opinion of Brady, make you feel a little bit better about him? Hell no. <laughs> this is between me and Brady. <laughs> Not with anything else Brady be doing. <laughs> but he got a black man a job. Yeah, he got the black man a job. Okay. And we know how that's going to play out. This is a setup. Because you know what's going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> if he start losing or he don't lose, then it's going to be all Todd Bowles' fault. He can't coach. When they was with Bruce Arians, blah, 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 blah. But see, not not... This is where I disagree, Ken, because the reason why they're making the Todd Bowles move is because 
Tom Brady and Byron left which are the ones that's really going to be running the offense. Todd Bowles is going to be the head coach defensive coordinator. You know what I'm saying? The the head coach, the, the offensive guys is going to be Tom Brady and Brian Relefwich. So both of those guys are going to be calling plays. Both of those guys are on the same page. So the offense, don't worry about the offense with Todd Bowles. That's that that's that's not what you're that's not what you're rating Todd Bowles on. And they said he had a he had a Todd Bowles has a great relationship with the whole team. Because they were asking, like, why him over Byron Leftwich is his relationship to the unit as a whole, plus his head coaching experience. He said that coaching the Jets and that failure of a job prepared him to get this five-year deal and coach Tampa Bay. And they still got high Super Bowl odds, man. They got they going to get some people in there. He and, got a um, five-year deal? Yeah, he got a five-year deal. So he he's in there solid. So, Damn. you know, it, it's – it's a good, it's a good look, no matter what. And Bruce Arians kept the job, and, and, and they can't convince me that Tom Brady didn't have nothing to do with that, because it, it just seems kind of fishy that he was retired, then he decides to come back, and now he retires. And the timing of it all, and it was so smooth, it, it was just, it was just a lot. It don't make sense. It don't add up to me. Mm-mm. It does. Are we talking thinking, about um? You know, talking about uh. Byron Leftwich and uh, Todd Bowles taking over for being yep. like, yeah. Yep. That's the, bro, this, the, this whole thing was about, I don't know if y'all said it, but this whole thing was about Tom Brady. You know what I mean? hundred percent Tom Brady. He, the reason why I never believed he was actually retiring is just the reluctance in which it happened. You know what I mean? It seemed like he was reluctantly like, okay, cool. It seemed like a party was spoiled. You know what I mean? Or a spoiler to a show was spoiled. And he was like, all right, well, yeah, this is the end of the show. And then mm-hmm. it was really just about, can I get to Miami or San Fran? Because when I retire, I have the ability to then negotiate behind the scenes. I can talk to people directly. But if I'm still on the team, not saying that Tom Brady or people affiliated with a certain Patriots regime care about rules. But Tom Brady said, you know mm-hmm. what, let me, let me let me try to, you know, retire and let me do this the right way. We have the have the have the whole drama, and then maybe some teams will call me. I can try to do some things one to one. I can try to get Sean Payton to come to Miami, or maybe I can get the you know Shanahan's to, to bring me into San Francisco. And yeah, and that's when uh, Arians is like, Nah, we're not trading Tom Brady because that's bad business. So then Tom Brady goes to the ownership probably like he went to ownership in New England when they were about to put Jimmy G as his uh, heir apparent in uh, New England and went to Robert Kraft and the same way he just went to the ownership and said, it's either me or him. Hmm. And it was no longer, uh, okay, we can make both of these people fit here. It was, all right, we picked Tom. Bruce don't really want to do it anymore. Bruce, will, will, will you take a lesser role? Because Tom wants to come back because his plan didn't work. So now that his plan didn't work, Bruce was probably like, you know what? I'm going to just bow out gracefully. I'm going to come up top with y'all. And I'm going to have, you know, a nice storyline of the black head coach takes over for me because I have a nice, diverse, uh, you know, film room and coaching room. So that's great. Yeah, they're saying that uh, there was one defensive player that's kind of shocked. And Aaron's came out and said, you know, all these, these this beef is further from the truth. But look, man. They don't get this stuff from nowhere. And I think that's what people got to understand. So their job is to deny it, but they don't just pull this shit 
out of fucking nowhere. Somebody's telling them stuff, this stuff for a reason, you know, and there's always an agenda attached to people floating these type of rules out. So I think that's the thing. So whether or not they're true or not, there's, there's something going on to cause them to uh, put this out in the media. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. So uh, salute to Todd Bowles, man. I just, I, Coaching Brady, man, there's going to be a lot of vitriol that that comes with that if things don't go as expected. Um, and, you know, I, I think he could be the uh, recipient of a lot of that. So uh, so we'll see. We'll see I, just, how that goes. I, I just like it for the simple fact that it's a better job than, than what the normal would get. Like a lot of people talked about Byron Lift, which taking this Jacksonville job. Uh, Ty Bowles no. the first, yeah. Ty Bowles the first time getting the Jets job, and, and these jobs that they were rumored for, you know, you put black coaches in these positions, and they're set up to fail. It's like you you can't win in those jobs. You're not gonna win in Jacksonville before you're fired. It's gonna be the coach after you that if there's any success, we'll see that success. Same thing in in New York with the Jets. You're not gonna win in New York. So so some of those jobs that were rumored to go to black coaches, if they had gotten those jobs. And the ones that got the jobs before, they were dead in the water. So to get mm-hmm. a job like Tampa Bay, you know what I'm saying? It's it's kind of like you're set up better for success than anywhere else. You 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 were Tom Brady, it, like you said though, Ken. It, it it can it can be boom or bust, but it still sets you up kind of nice to be paired with a person like that. That that's not normally a job that would go to a black man. So the fact that he got it, I was ecstatic about it. The Texans job, that's another one. That's a, a job that's set up for failure. Lovey Smith going there, I wasn't that excited. I mean, I was glad we got him a job, but I'm not excited about him coaching that team. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's it's just, like I said, I like the look of him going to a Tampa Bay. Yeah, you know, those those type of jobs, I call those the pocket in Vegas jobs. Um, you know what I mean? Like they put you in the front seat of they put you in the front seat of that BMW, take your foot for that last ride. That's it. It's like <laughs> Real shit though. They'd be like, "All right, Ty Bowles, you want to be a coach? Go up to New York Jets." You know what I mean? Uh, hey, old black man down in Houston, you should be a coach for us. Even when we're trying to tank, or Ryan Flores, how about we pay you ten thousand dollars to lose to some games? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like they, they do all this weird shit with us, and then turn around and be like, "Oh, see, look what happens when you give one of them a job. Look at what Will Smith. You know what I mean? That's what happens. Like, you know what I mean? Same mm-hmm. shit." Oh my god! <laughs> oh. Middleton just. Almost took Brown out just now. Who? Middleton. Uh, Brown was on a breakaway. Middleton almost took him out just now. Man, we just lost to, to the Pistons. I want to say sidebar real quick. Shout out to Kay Cunningham. I think Kay Cunningham has firmly cemented himself as rookie of the year mm-hmm. um, over these over this last stretch. I think what he's showing right now with his offensive capability, he's got like a He's got like a PG Tatum Ben Simmons hybrid thing going on with him, man, and it's like that's very scary. So, what whoever they pair with him over these next two drafts, and whoever is that third veteran, you know, borderline star All Star guy that that they bring in to solidify that rotation, and also the Bagley pickup, Detroit, y'all are in great position to do some fire shit. On honestly, in the next couple years, probably the next three. I agree with that. Um, people sleep? No. Oh, somebody said you were out for the count. I was like, what the hell? Oh, no. 
<laughs> I was like, what? I thought so too. I was gonna say you gotta put that in the archives. I was gonna I was gonna let him go as long as I was gonna say, man, hey man, you know, shit. Um go take a nap or something. But uh Q, you wanted to talk about Deshaun Watts' contract. Yeah, how do we all feel about just the terms of like Deshaun's contract? I think he got what twenty, thirty-four million. Um I think it's all guaranteed, completely guaranteed. I think we looked at Kirk Cousins' last yeah. contract as like, yo, he he just broke the you know the mold for you know NFL QBs. I thought that was true at the time, but this feels way more significant, and they're trying to downplay it uh, for Deshaun Watson having his money fully guaranteed. This is going to be the precedent coming forward for guys like the Mahomeses, although he just kind of fucked the whole market up, but. The guys like Burrow, the guys like, you know, Justin Herbert. Um, if Trevor Lawrence is anything, it'll be him. You know what I mean? Those type of guys down the line. Kyler, if, you know what I mean? So this, I'm just going to make a prediction. I kind of want, want y'all's thoughts on it. I think that this is going to become the norm for superstar QB talent where you have to either guarantee 90% of that contract or you got to have it fully guaranteed. And I think that, that fully guaranteed title wave for those superstar QBs will leak into the generational or the all-time talents of other positions, whether it be wide receivers, whether it be defensive ends, offensive tackles, guys who are like, I want my contract guaranteed fully. And what will that do to the NFL's landscape? Because we see what they say about MLB and, NBA, they're always, you know, the NFL players are always sneak dissing on Twitter, like, oh, he got that when when, when it's NBA uh, free agency or if it's MLB free agency. People are like, it must be nice. So do we think, number one, that this contract is going to have a big reverberation throughout the league? And if it does, will it also trickle into other positions? I think it will go to other positions, and I think it will have a significant impact on um, on the league. Um, cause we're, and we're starting to see it, man. You're starting to see more and more players get guaranteed, get parts of their contract guaranteed. And that's not by accident. And at some point, um, and I think pretty much soon, um, everybody's going to start demanding that they are jealous of the NBA and they play a more violent sport than the NBA. And that's why they, you know, they are upset that none of their contracts are guaranteed. Um, you're absolutely right that um, regardless of the situation, this contract is definitely going to pave the way for everyone else to come behind it. And they are downplaying it. And, you know, there are a couple of reasons we can point to outside of the, you know, those 22 cases. But, you know, he's a black man. And here's a black man that's got, got a full, full, fully guaranteed contract and we know how this thing is going to go. He's going to pioneer and pave the way for all the other players behind him to take advantage of this. So, you know, they should be thankful. They should be thanking, um, not necessarily him, but, uh, but him and, and the Browns because the Browns were so desperate. They, you know what they, they should actually be thanking Baker too, because Baker played so horribly <laughs> that last season that they felt like they had to give this band a fully guaranteed contract in order to keep their winning ways, uh, you know, moving ahead. So, so yeah, man, I, I think guaranteed contracts or partially guaranteed is going to be the way of the future. 
I, I, I don't think so. And I'm not saying this with 100% certainty. I'm not saying I, I disagree with 100% certainty, but there's a big part of me that feels like reading the comments of Biscotti, the owner of the Ravens, that contract that Deshaun signed, signed messed up the market. So what they're going to try to do when they sign Lamar, because they're going to try to sign, they, they want him back. And in no uncertain terms, he's saying in the media that he wants to come back. He said the rumors of him leaving are greatly exaggerated. He's like, I ain't going nowhere. But they're going to try to get him back, but they're going to try to skate around that Cleveland thing. They're trying to say the Cleveland thing was a one-off and that was a, a bidding situation. So the teams are going to try to reset that market back and not give up so much money guaranteed. Will they be able to do it? Different story because he ain't signed it yet. And he bet on himself. Similar to how, what's your boy name? Um, with the Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Same, same way he did. You know, and, and also they were talking about earlier, if he, you know, even if he doesn't get a deal done and get franchised, that number is up there now. So that franchise number is cool with him at this point. It's like, okay, fine, franchise me. But they're going to try to not guarantee so much money. That's that's the mission going forward for these teams and to try to reset the market back to where it was. Yeah, I, but, think, I think... Oh, my bad, I thought you were done. No, that, that's it. Go ahead. So I, I think um, I'm, I'm more so on Shelton's side, but not really. Um, only because... I agree that this is not going to be the new standard in terms of how much we're paying a quarterback. I just, I don't see these other teams really trying to pay that much, but I do see them now, especially for certain positions, um, getting fully guaranteed contracts. I definitely see that. I, I definitely see, you know, guys like Aaron Donald, you know what I'm saying? Where they're dominant at their position. They're the best guy at their position. Um, Jalen Ramsey, you know, I'm just throwing names out there, right? Like people that are the best at what they do. I definitely see them getting fully guaranteed contracts outside of a quarterback. But that, but, but that Deshaun, 200, see, look, because we're talking $80 million more than the next highest guy. That That's not, that's not just um, a market jump. You know, 5, 10, 15, 20 million made, 80 million mm-hmm. in one offseason? We've never seen that. So I agree where I don't think that Deshaun's deal resets what we pay quarterbacks. Nah, like, no. That that Look, I think for Cleveland, they definitely overpaid because of the type of struggle they've been in. No other team has started more quarterbacks as they got into the back into the league. So that's the one position they haven't been able to get right. I get it to a degree, but that's not going to reset the money market for quarterbacks or any other damn position. But the guarantee thing, I think is here to stay. Yeah, and, and Shelton, that's just the Ravens owner or whoever it was just trying to play games because he don't want to pay it, um, mm-hmm. which is fine. He don't have to pay that much. But in terms of guaranteeing whatever he decides to pay, do you think that the guaranteed part of what we're discussing will become a standard? That that I agree. I think I think that players are going to start forcing that. Some of your star players are going to start pushing for that. And the fact that players are now willing to move so easy, like these guys ain't worried about staying fat. Ain't no ain't no loyalty there. And, and saying that, 
I think these teams are going to try to do whatever they can to keep them where they are. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to see more guaranteed deals. You're going to see more. We're going to give you your money. Just come on and join me. I, we'll, we'll, we'll start seeing that more. I agree. And it will be, and I agree with FIFA on the fact that it will be multiple positions. It's going to be some of those top guys. Gotcha. Um, Celtics. Um, Q. Uh, you wanted to talk about them. What you got? Yeah, man. When it comes, uh, number one, I want to say that I still hold true to my take for now uh, that they will ultimately have to choose between Jalen Brown and Tatum. And I think I would now amend that take to saying that Tatum is very much so that guy. He's very much so that guy. Early on in the season, I was very much so. Yo, Jalen Brown looks like he's. Um, Jason Tatum is that man. Um, so let's say that. I was also wrong about the potential that they had this season. I thought that they didn't have enough. But the Derek White acquisition, and I know Robert Williams just went down. So hopefully, four to six weeks from now, we can still get him back. And I wanted to see that team at full strength because I'm tired of seeing the Celtics get embarrassed or not meet their potential. So the Celtics rise over these last couple months has been historic in my opinion, because Ime Udoka was getting called by fans and by media that, Oh, this is the wrong hire. We should have just stuck with Brad Stevens. What's so what's, what's, what's wrong with being a top five seed and losing as long as you're in contention, we're in the seventh seed now, blah, blah, blah. For them to rise to damn near first in the East so many times being number one, number number, number three, four, two, you know, for them to be in, in that top five range and be within the, I think the best defensive rating over the past couple months for them to have only lost. I think they've only lost like six games since January. You know what I mean? So it's absolutely stunning for me to see this, this, this team. So do we look at Boston now as a very, clear-cut contender? Are they still brink? Are they still borderline? Where do we seat them at now in just, I say, finals berth kind of conversation? Is mm. it a joker or is it just, you know what I mean? <clears throat> um, Losing Robert Williams is really going to hurt. Yeah. Um, I, I think that they had that type of potential to be up there. That defense is incredible. I think one of y'all pointed it out. I can't remember who it was. But, yeah, watching them play defense, there were some dogs out there. And they was playing well together at the time. I I, I like them both together. I like uh, Jalen Brown and what Tatum does together a lot because um, they're both getting them buckets. I think that um, Al Horford is playing much better than I thought he would, too, at this stage. I thought Al Horford was done. But he looks like the old Celtics Al Horford for now. You know, he ain't doing too much, but he's doing enough for them. He's doing what he – he's a crafty veteran. Is getting the job done, but losing Robert Williams hurts, and it definitely puts them back. Watching this game that I'm watching now, this uh, Brooklyn-Milwaukee uh, game, it's hard to see this Celtics team, even at full strength, taking out one of those, both of those two. This, this tough. The best they can hope for is that they face each other and knock each other off. But other than that, I think the team is good. I think the Celtics is a good team, but like I said, I think that that East is just too strong right now. I think I would have been with you until Robert Williams 
went down. Um, I would need to see, and I don't know how many games they have left on the schedule, how well they play without him. And will some of these other players or will the coach be able to um, coach around what he brings to that team? Um, you know, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, you know, it was definitely a great story, and I love everything about it because of the conversation that was taking place early on in the season, you know, with the coach that were, that were there. Um, and you guys know how I felt about Jalen Brown. I mean, I've, I've come around on Jalen Brown. You know, I, I like Jalen Brown a little bit more than Jason Tatum now. Um, and, you know, so uh, this, this, this is time makes for strange bedfellows sometimes, you know, but, um, but yeah, I, I, I like what they're doing in terms of them competing and being able to go uh, finals talk. Dude, that's asking a lot because, um, you know, Taking out the Nets or or the Bucks is gonna be rough. The Heat, psh, you know, they can get the Heat up out of here. Uh, the Heat the beat Raptors, them last night, huh? The Heat beat them last night, one hundred six to ninety eight. Yeah, but I, you know, was, the Heat just do the same shit every every year outside of the the year they went to. Uh, but but yeah, man. But I, I love it, man. I like it's a good story, man. And I think you know we've done a disservice about not talking about. Uh, them enough on here, um, you know. So, so yeah, I, I I like what they're doing, but losing Robert Williams is gonna be rough. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Ime, Ime Udoka was getting a lot of flack, man, early on in the season. Why is Nia Long's husband coaching games and blah blah blah? You know, a whole bunch of bullshit. But what he's able, what he's been able to do for this defense in terms of just their concepts, in terms of the carving out team roles. It feels like him, Marcus Smart, Tatum, and Brown all were able to sit down over a couple of weeks and say, look, this is what you need to be able to do within my offense and the defense. Tatum, you need to be able to dribble the ball, go to the rim. That was one of Tatum's biggest weaknesses, I believe. I say it but for like prior to the season, the last two, three seasons. He fell in love with whatever Kobe taught him, and Red God mm. rest his soul. But he fell in love with those. He fell in love with those one-on-one teachings of like, "Yo, get to the elbow, step back, pull up." You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. hey, you know what I mean? Go, you know what I mean? Between between the leg, you know what I mean? Pull, you know what I mean? And it's like that's cool, but I feel like Ima Udoka, whoever the trainers are, are doing a fantastic job with Tatum. Of like, bro, do you realize how gifted you are? You realize how big you are? Like, like you, you're not just putting on this muscle for, you know, shirtless IG pics. You put on this muscle so you can slap a dude off your arm and get right to the cup. And that's what you need to do. And that makes them respect your first step even more. So that way you can get the pull up. And whereas in previous seasons, Jason Tatum was very much so jumper heavy. It was, it was fadeaway heavy. But now they have to respect him. I think he's facilitating better. I think he's getting to the rim better. He's playing I think he's playing better defense. Also, there's definitely some fourth quarter execution issues that still have to get flattened out. But I think with him, Smart, Robert Williams, Brown, and Tatum have been able to do, it's just sort of remarkable, man. And I feel like if this was Steve Kerr, if this was Quinn Snyder, mm. if this was, you know what I mean, any other coach, they would, certain certain ones, 
they would be like, oh, this is, you know, a historic comeback. But because the black man in Boston, it's just a little bit weird to me. So I'm going to give my flowers to Ime Udoka. He's definitely in my coach of the year consideration. Gotcha. I, I got a question. At what point in Giannis' career will they start calling these drives offensive fouls? Much like the way they they be doing on LeBron. The minute he say some, the, the the minute he say some real shit politically, yeah, that's that's when they go start doing that. Cause he, yeah, cause he look like he just barreling over motherfuckers, man. Mm-hmm. Like he just he just ate up damn drumming. <laughs> oh, get that, that. Why did Drummond fail so much in damn uh, L.A., man? He looks like a different guy here in, in New York, in Brooklyn. Vogel, and that's another topic. The Lakers, <laughs> the the Laker, the Lakers, the Lakers just incompetence. The Rambi, whoever the fuck they call him, the Rambi, the Rambuses, the Rambis, whoever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Them motherfuckers need to be on the first plane to Siberia. That shit that they pulled on Monty Williams, on Tyron Lue, shit. I would have took Doc Rivers over, over Vogel at this point. Jason but Kidd, too. Jason Kidd, Kidd, they, had, they had all them guys in there. Jay Kidd, <laughs> all of them dudes. And then they say, you know what? No, nah, like, let's 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 go with the guy who has <laughs> some of the worst offensive ro- ro- rotations and some of the worst offensive oh my philosophy God. in the league. Tyron Lue took a team that Doc Rivers was making known for blowing leads, being mentally weak, giving up when your star's out, giving up when, you know, a, a team gets a big lead out on you. He flipped that, that whole script to now the Clippers' identity is grit and grind. This is, this, is, this is a Los Angeles team. Grit and grind, grimy, willing to claw back into beating out 30, coming back. They, they've done it like three, four times this season. It started out in Washington. They were down 30. He pulled every starter, put the bench in. That's Tyron Lue. Tyron Lue is a top three coach in the NBA. You feel what I'm saying? Mm. Like, if I if, if if I have to go by it, I would probably say, in in no particular order, Pop is in, Pop is in Denzel territory. You know what I mean? When you talk about, like, the best actors, Denzel, you don't, you know, is he Denzel. You know what I mean? You don't have to bring him up. That's where Pop is at. So I don't want to put Pop in his top three combo. But if I'm saying it, I'll probably say in some order it's Tyron Lue, it's Spolstra, and it's probably Nick Nurse is where I'm putting that third coach. But the fact that they disrespected Tyron Lue in Los Angeles, it just shows you because Andre Drummond has been able to go to a team where he don't really got to think too much. He just got to get rebounds and put boards back. They were trying to make him a focal point in the offense and pulling him out after five minutes and asking him to be a defensive anchor. That's not Andre Drummond. That's not, it's never been Andre Drummond. So the fit in Los Angeles was just bad, man. And the Lakers need to be just ashamed. They look like a clown organization right now for passing on all these great black coaches. Do you think, because I don't know if Tyler. Ty, Ty Luke could have done much with this roster, though. I think he would get way more out of these guys than Vogel can. Because you know why? Vogel, the minute AD hit that shot in the bubble and they went to the locker room, go back if, if y'all remember it. 
you know, to turn the chapter verse 30, you know what I mean? Like, let's, let's bring it there. If you go back to that old uh, footage, I believe it was Vogel who was in the locker room. Everyone else is celebrating. He's outside the circle. You know when guys and hey, yo, this is what we want. It's real good effort. You know what I mean? Vogel's outside that circle. He's like, hey, yeah, that was that was what I call a mamba shot. Dude, shut up, dude. Like, ain't nobody trying to hear that shit. Like, dude, no, I like, like Frank, you not one of the guys. You not one of the guys. Everyone at LeBron, like, yeah, boy. You know LeBron, dude. Yes, we do, boy. You know what I mean? AD and then they all going crazy. Uh, Rondo, yeah, that's why I, I pass you the ball. That's why I pass you the ball. Vogel, like, hey, that was a hell of a shot, y'all. That's why I call a mamba shot. They all ignoring the fuck out of him. Tyron Lue, if he's in that locker room, he's everyone probably is quiet after he come in. They looking like, oh, shit, I hope we ain't got to run suicide tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, dude, shit, I hope I run, I hope I run, run the play right. Tyron Lue going to come, come, come in like, hey, y'all did some good shit. Make, make sure you be a practice tomorrow. 8 a.m., blah, blah, blah. So it is what it is. We got another game on Saturday. All right, let's, you know what I mean? Vogel's the guy who's trying to pep dudes up. Like, that's that's what I, yeah. Like, great, great. We're just going to keep gritting and grinding. We're going to look at the film. That shit don't, <laughs> that's, that shit don't go. But I feel like a Tyron Lue can get more out of an older Melo. I feel like Tyron Lue can get more out of a Winion Gabriel. He can get more of a DJ Augustine. He can get probably two more points, four more points, six more points out of guys that, don't have it just because he knows a playbook. Like, yeah. just like, don't don't get it twisted. And this is not a Tyron Lue episode, but don't think that a nigga who got crossed up and stepped over by AI did not have an understanding of his defensive assignment on what he had to do. It's just how great AI was. You know what I mean? I, I, I was thinking about him too along the lines of uh, usage for Russ Q. Um, yeah. I think that he would have been able to help out with the Russ situation and the drama surrounding Russ and all this stuff that was going on with him being a point guard himself and being in, you know, similar situation, playing in big games with big players around him, it would have helped him to have a player like that. Uh, I mean, a coach like that on the, on his, on his squad. I just, I just feel like he would have been able to break that code. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he would have got Russ to be in the Russ that we know the triple double Russ, mm -hmm. but at least he would have broken him out of that slump and had, some of those answers that's been missing. So yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Because Shelton, to, to to your point, and I think we got maybe like two more topics out of that and super chats. But um, for the Russ point, Reggie Jackson was about to be just another guy around the league, perhaps going to to the G League. You know what I mean? Like there there are so many talented guys who have to prove that they can hoop. He might have been Isaiah Thomas. You know what I mean? Whereas, mm. like, can can he get back in the league at some point? Yeah, probably. Just got to give him a 10-day contract to see if he can fit in. Tyron Lue turned him into the bell of the ball in um, the playoffs. Going up against the Jazz, upsetting them. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it was not insane to think that that Clippers team could have made it to the finals. It wasn't insane for them to think that, you know, they could beat the Suns. It wasn't insane to, 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 to like, think that. And that's what Tyron Lue brings to your organization. And a lot of fans will say, well, that's because you have LeBron and Kyrie and blah, 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 blah. But Tyron Lue is the one who said, we going to box in one with Curry. Tyron Lue is the one who said that we going to make Draymond initiate the ball in the offense in the way that he doesn't know how to. We, we going to make Clay work for every 
single screen. Cause I'm gonna put this guy and I'm gonna trap this dude on the other side of the baseline, and that way he can't get to his spot. That's Tyron Lue. So people want to be little black athletic genius because they think that oh the players are exactly you know what makes up a championship team, and they are definitely eighty percent. But sometimes that coach can add in that 20 where it's like, yo, he has the DNA of this team. He has the pulse of this team. And he knows how to be instrumental in making this talent work. And Tyron Lue was that guy. So to answer the long-winded way of why Drummond is doing that, he's out of L.A. He's out of, he's out of, a, he's out of a dysfunctional organization. And he's in a less dysfunctional organization with more talent that's available and healthy right now. People Nets just to blew it. that damn lead, bro. They did. They just blew it. People forget yeah. that that dude was what a uh, eighteen and sixteen, twenty and sixteen guy not too long ago. Yeah, so yeah that was a good shot by by Giannis. It was. It was. It was a big three. But I, I, I honestly thought we were going to get a little bit more from Katie or 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 at least Irvin down the stretch. But they 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 doubled KD a lot. You know, down the stretch too. Like shit, at one possession, they were they were guard. They had two people on him, and he didn't even have the goddamn ball. <laughs> shit, that's crazy. Yeah, it, yeah, it was. Um, but you know, I also don't. I mean, it's KD, so maybe you just ISO. But I don't know, man. Kurt, I mean, uh, Nash, Nash concerns me. Nash concerns me. I don't. But... I don't yeah, I, I don't see what. I said that one day. I, I want to see a, a coach cam on Nash for a game. I want to watch watch him coach a game and see what he does because I've never seen him talking in a game. I've, I've never seen him – I ain't never seen him do nothing but stand there. So I, I would really like to see him coach a game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else. Um, y'all got anything before we get out of here? You said he had something. I don't know what he was talking about, but. I mean, they were hey, we up like break. seven or eight with. Yeah, that's pretty bad. It's going to be a record. We can get no super chats tonight. We can get no super chat though tonight. Mm. Uh, okay, I guess keep going. Maybe it's food guy here. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Wagner got a five-year deal. I don't know if y'all saw that. You're right. They, the Kyrie did say they didn't need a coach, but they sure looked a little lost on, you know, that last minute. I'm sitting mm-hmm. here watching it, and, I, you know, none of these sets look good. It look like they didn't have any any uh, a plan for these double teams they were sending their way. I mean, they, which is crazy. Like, you're, you're sending double teams at KD, and you got Kyrie on the court. And they can rotate the ball around to get it get it back to him. Yeah, in the, in in fourth quarter, late in fourth quarter and overtime, you got two places that ball needs to be. It shouldn't be anywhere else. And Middleton is out of the game. He fouled out. I mean, he got uh, kicked that out. Flagrant, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that flagrant, yeah, yeah, that flagrant foul got him up out of there. That this should be, it should be easy pickings. That ball should be in one of their hands at all times. And they're trying to get it to, to Kyrie, but. One thing he I know about Wesley Matthews, I've seen him play enough in the Lakers. He's going to be missing them joints. He'll hit one every once in a while. You get that little shotgun pump, 
Mm-hmm. And you think he about to get that? The Dallas Wesley Matthews is gone. KD has hit some big shots. KD, man. Mm-hmm. KD, bro. Man, hey, shit, he probably should have took that shot. <laughs> Kyrie, man, Drew, Drew. Drew Matthews locking up Kyrie, you. bro. Matthew, he really is. Matthews heard you just now, Ken, and he hit a three. <laughs> but Giannis is on KD. Well, now he switched out to Bobby Porter. Oh, that's his spot, though. He'll hit that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think Milwaukee gonna win this one. Yeah, um, yeah. It's pretty much over. I know it's early, but shit. Where's oh well, where's Carrito? Shit, you you been wanting to. Uh... Oh, Bobby Portis. It's like, I don't know. It's like Kyrie is. He locked up. Yeah, Holiday is on him. I mean, he got Holiday. Let me see how many he got, because I don't even know. Oh, he got 25. But, um, but man, that was, I mean, that's the thing, though. Like, as soon as. KD get the ball in a certain position. They like sending three guys after his ass. They saw him mm-hmm. send three that time. That's so disrespectful. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think we're going to get up out of here, y'all. Who was that? Bobby Brown? Bobby Portis? Nah. Oh, the Lakers playing Utah? Ooh, that's going to be Bruce a Brown. mess. Bruce Brown, that's what it is, yeah. Bruce, yeah. That's oh, yeah, by the, by the way, last topic. I want to ask FIFO and get Sheldon's opinion on it. Paul George is back. I think he just had a 30-piece. No fries. Kawhi might be back. Even if he doesn't come back. The Clippers are dangerous, obviously, in this year's playoffs <laughs> because of just how deep I think that Tyru, Ty Lue makes the team. But the question I have is, uh, is the Clippers window resurrected? Is it is it back open? I think as long as you have those two guys on the roster, it's open. Um, you know, and then the next thing is how healthy are they? So, you know, with PG back, can they make a, a slight run? Of course, you know, P- PG is definitely an elite player in the league. Um, but are they a championship contender? I don't think so. Uh, well, Kawhi, yes, they are a championship contender, but I definitely don't think Kawhi is coming back. Um, as long as Kawhi and PG play at a, at a, you know, superstar level, your window is open and, you know, you got one of the two, if, you know, not top two, top three GMs in the league behind them Clippers. So I'm not worried about it. Um, their window is PG and Kawhi. So as long as those guys are there, they got a window to win. They're in the they're in the eighth seed now, um, but with the way that with the way the NBA is played today, players in the, the games are going the way they are. The eighth seed in the NBA is, is just as good as the one seed now. 
You know what I'm saying? You're looking at the Nets. They hang with Milwaukee like it ain't nothing. And, you know, they're down at the bottom. So it really doesn't mean much as far as that's concerned, but it depends on how how hard he comes back. They're up 99-94 right now on, on the Bulls. Sorry about that, FIFA. And he's only got 13 points, but he's on still on a minutes restriction, you know, and he still has things to work out as far as the Kings go. But you got Reggie Jackson putting up 26. Uh, Mars got 20. These guys got players. And they've always had players. It's just a matter of who shows up that particular night. So with the Clippers, they they're hit or miss, man. And it, it just really, if they can get hot in time, they could be one of the most dangerous teams out of the West. Mm-hmm. But they just got to catch fire. You got to catch them on the right night because we talk about Reggie Jackson all the time. I, I have always been a Reggie Jackson fan. He can come out and get you 30 one night, but the next night he not do nothing. So it just depends, man. If he shows up to play and he sets his mind to it, they can be dangerous because they can beat some of those bigger teams or, or higher ranked teams. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think, I think a lot of the same stuff um, because Kawhi is Kawhi's offensive game is only going to, I think be more precise as he gets older. I think his defense becomes obviously lesser, but he can still have moments in high leverage situations, whether it be playoffs where he picks his spots and say, all right, He's not getting a bucket here. All right, I'm going to shut down this guy one through four. Um, but the days of Kawhi being like, you know, San Antonio Kawhi, that's that's been gone. But like I said, the offense is more refined now. PG, I think PG's about to hit the last, I think, four years of his prime right now. I think PG just turned 29 or 30, if I'm not mistaken. Somebody check me on that. I'm probably wrong. He's probably like 31, but I think he's 30. Um, so he probably has another four years in his prime. And I just think that, like what people are saying, as long as you have them, they are a championship contender. But I saw a lot of people throwing dirt on them uh, last year, even with the success and even with uh, the good showing without Kawhi. Because they said, oh, well, the ACL tear and, you know, what can they really do now? They're never healthy. But it really just is a matter of circumstances. When are you when you are healthy? You know what I mean? Like they could they could be hurt throughout the whole of the season and come right back right when the playoffs is about to start and they could go on a little tear. You know what I mean? Not to use that word tear, but how how it goes. So we 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 gonna see for for sure. And I see a lot of people saying that the uh, you know ACs don't normally beat one seeds, and I'm not saying that's a common thing. It's gonna be easy to do. I'm just saying now more so than ever. You're seeing the disparity in teams, and you're seeing the late, the lower seeded teams, be some of the more talented teams in the NBA. They're lower because of injuries. Um, in the case of the Nets, you know Kyrie not playing home games. It's something always with these guys. Um, the Clippers, you know, you missing Paul George and uh, Kawhi all year. So an eight seed is not your typical eight seed. You know, where would they be if these guys had played ball all year? So if you get these guys back in enough time for them to jail and figure it out, I don't put it past them. Absolutely. Well, for all intents and purposes, this game is over. Uh, this Bucks team is going to be hard to put out the damn uh, playoffs. They're going to the finals, man. They're going to. Yeah, the bro. Like, it's, I mean, just the, the defense they play down the stretch, like, they're they're running at everybody hard. I said for years, 
Drew yeah. Holiday is the best two-way point guard in the NBA. I said it for years, and people looked at me like I was speaking Mandarin. And I'm, no. like, dude, I'm like, dude, do y'all see the it's chair that man yet. be sitting in? It's not over. <laughs> definitely not. I was going to tell you. It's definitely not over yet. This series, if, if oh, okay, oh, they fouled him. Yeah, and he he ain't, he ain't getting up right now. He's he's been down there for a while. He was wow. I thought he that, that's a shot, KD makes. Ooh, he hit him in the leg. KD, yeah, KD got to chill, man. He got hit in the leg really hard. Shit. Well, go ahead and close close this out, Ken. Yeah, shit, Giannis should have just. Ran over uh, Nick Flaxen into the paint. That's what he should have did. Uh, KD is down. The way he's uh, the way he was bodying uh, fucking KD. Yeah, man, KD. I don't know. Prayers yeah, up. but all right. Well, damn, my whole KD. All right, man. Yes. But anyway, oh, man. Um, we appreciate you guys uh, coming through uh, as usual. Um, for uh, you know, the Thursday, the more condensed show uh that that we have that we do for you guys. And um that's gonna be it for us tonight, man. So we'll catch you guys next time. We out. Peace. Peace.